Hi, everyone. Today is October 27th, 2022. This is Natalie Pace, and we have had quite a busy day. So we had the uh, third quarter 2022 advance estimates by the Bureau of Economic Analysis came in at 2.6 GDP growth. Does that mean that we're out of the woods? No recession. Also, we saw that mortgage rates have popped above 7% for the first time in over 15 years. And Apple had a very, what I would consider a surprising announcement in their earnings call. How is that going to affect the markets tomorrow? And will there be a Santa rally? All this and more in today's video conference. I want to remind our volunteers that part of your perks is that in our video conferences, I will answer a few questions from our volunteers. We do ask that you send them to us in advance so that we can prioritize them. Uh, email info at nataliepace.com. I always put whatever it is that you want in the subject line so that we can get it to the right person. Thanks, I'll see you shortly and we'll get started on this busy day and what it means for you and your money shortly. All right, so as I mentioned, today is a very busy day. And let's start off with the GDP numbers because they were very positive. And that is, you know, honestly, I'm relieved because we all want the labor market to be strong. We really, in recessions can be hard on everybody. So it's really nice to have, know that, you know, the third quarter was not a recession, uh, was in a contraction. So we did have uh, GDP growth and it came in at 2.6%. So what you can see here on this chart that's provided by BEA.gov, Bureau of Economic Analysis, is that the first and second quarters were contraction. Now in the normal world, that would be called a recession and we wouldn't necessarily be out of the recession yet, but uh, the NBER, and that's the agency that names recessions, they're in charge of it, they're notoriously slow. So as I've been warning you guys for quite a while, all year long, um, you know, by the time they name it and say, hey, we actually started recession a year ago, um, you know, the markets have already gotten dropped too much for you to, to protect yourself. You have to protect yourself before the headline that we're in a recession. If you wait for the announcement, then it could actually be very close to the bottom. And if you sell at that point and you protect yourself at that point, you could be selling low. And at that point, we may be so close to the bottom that we may be ready to start um, taking off that overweight safe. So just as a reminder right now, we do have 20% overweighted safe on our sample pie charts because of the economic uncertainty. And what I wanted to share with you was others' opinion on this. So one of the opinions that came out immediately today was from the uh, Mortgage Bankers Association. This is the vice president and deputy chief economist. And he said, despite a strong third quarter, our forecast is for a slowdown and a recession in 2023. Um, sharp slowdowns in global growth and tighter financial conditions have started to exert pressure on parts of the economy, in particular housing. So obviously he's coming at it from mortgages and mortgages, because uh, it's the Mortgage Banking Association, 
mortgages have been hit particularly hard, but it's not just him that's saying, look, we are expected to hit a recession, despite the fact that the uh, economy grew 2.6%. And in fact, if you dig into the numbers, one of the reasons that we saw um, an increase in GDP growth third quarter was due to services led by healthcare. So people are probably, that may in fact reflect that people are having to pay for their own shots, uh, you know, if they wanna get the vaccinations for COVID and things of that nature, whereas the government spent, was spending on it before. Also, we did see an increase in government spending. So yes, in short, it, I'm, I'm more not excited, but relieved that we had 2.6% GDP growth in the advanced estimates. It will get changed uh, next quarter and, I mean, sorry, next month and the following month because there's the second estimate and the third estimate. And then we'll get the first estimate of the fourth Q in January. So um, it may change, but given that it's 2.6% GDP growth, um, we we would expect that it's still going to be positive, even if it goes down slightly. So that's the first bit of the news. Now, that actually means that we are very likely to get a 75 basis point bump when the Federal Reserve Board meets on November 1st and November 2nd. They make the announcement on November 2nd at 2 p.m. Eastern, um, and that's 11 a.m. Pacific time. So um, wide consensus that we're going to get another 75 uh, basis point bump. We'll talk about what that means for you in terms of uh, the safe side. So as I've been saying, and if you haven't yet looked at my yield video conference, which was uh, last week, uh, and the yield blog, which was just posted as well, how, what's the best way to access that? Well, go to nataliepace.com. And what you'll find there is that you can actually click on podcasts or this picture here will take you over to my YouTube channel. And that um, will give you the most recent video conferences. So the most recent one was the interview yesterday with the uh, National Association of Realtors Economists. But you can also see that my Yield is Back video conference is the one that was right before that. So you can easily access that. It's from two weeks ago. Also, if you'd rather listen to it, what you know, maybe you prefer listening while you're working or whatever, uh, riding a bike, whatever it is that you're doing, taking a walk, um, just go to Apple Podcasts and you'll be able to listen back there. If you want the blog, um, all you have to do is go to nataliepace.com forward slash blog. And um, if it's not the most recent blog and the most recent one was about the 3G GDP was going to be released uh, today, which it was obviously, just scroll down to the end of that blog and you will see a list of the prior blogs. So you can see that uh, yield is back right there that you can talk about it. So the long and the short of how rising interest rates can, you look, there's some opportunities on the safe side. There's also extreme toxic money pits on the safe side. So there's a difference between old, old long-term high credit risk and new um, short-term that you're getting paid a moderate uh, yield on. So now you can go short-term and get almost the same amount of payment 
that you would have gotten if you had a 30 year Ford bond that's in junk bond status. So you have to know how to navigate between those uh, areas of very high risk and very low return, illiquid negative yielding and the newer um, you know, short-term moderate um, yield and pretty low risk, but you have to know how to navigate it. We'll talk about a few of the areas of opportunity, but again, I outline it a lot more in my Yield is Back video conference and blog. And obviously we spend one full day on this at our investor educational retreats. And yes, it is, it's very different this year than it was last year. So if it's been a year since you attended the retreat, it might be a good idea to come to our January retreat and get caught up on the changes that are out there. Certainly we're gonna outline a few here. So the uh, cliff notes on some of the changes that are out there, a couple of things. The first thing that I wanted to show you is this, which we've been talking about for quite a while now. It is the uh, I bond from Treasury Direct. So it's still paying 9.62%. Now there are conditions around this, but if you can get this before October 31st, which is Monday, so you got to do it kind of fast, then you lock in that 9.62% rate for six months. Now, it is going to reset on November 1st, and it is linked to inflation. So the uh, inflation is still very high. So this should still have a great yield for the following six months as well. Now, this is not something that you can buy through your broker. And in fact, we saw some people that were trying to buy it through their broker and their broker then tried to say, oh, we can't sell you that, but we can give you a tips, right? An inflation linked, a treasury inflation linked um, ETF or fund. Now, a lot of the tips are negative yielding right now. And Schwab has a very good blog on why this is the case. So again, this is another area where you have to be the boss of your money and realize that if you want that inflation linked bond, savings bond that's offered by the treasury department, that you have to set it up with a treasury direct account. And that typically is gonna take you longer than just a day because oftentimes if you don't already have one, you may have to go to your bank and get something notarized and then send it into the treasury before they set up the account. So I would put my foot on the gas if you want this treasury I bond. You can all, you're limited to $10,000 per year, but a lot of people are getting it for everybody in the family. So it might be for you, for your husband, for your child, you know, each one of your kids. Um, and I would not necessarily put everything all in on this. Uh, obviously, you can't, you know, because of the 10,000 limit. But the other thing about it is that there are terms and conditions that you should be aware of. They do want you to hold it for five years. Um, it, you have to hold it for one year. If you decide to sell it before five years, you're going to give up three months of interest. So there, it's still, I believe, worth it. So I obviously have one and uh, I'm encouraging my adult son to get one as well. 
So these are things for you guys to be thinking about. Also, treasury uh, bills are even paying you a pretty good yield. So here is the uh, treasury bill yield chart. And as you can see, the two-year is giving you a 4.3% interest rate, the one-year a 4.5% interest rate. Now you could go out to 30 years and you're gonna get a lower interest rate. So be very careful again, one or two years. And I once again would not be putting everything in there. And you're so excited about 4% because we've had zero for so long. However, if we're gonna get a 75% basis hike on November 2nd and probably another 50 or 75% in December, then the new treasury rates in the next few months are gonna be even higher. So you don't wanna have everything locked up in a one or two year, the value could drop. As, as interest rates go up, you know that the value of an existing bond goes down in value. So yes, you only have to hold it for term for one or two years, and that's the good news on those T-bills. However, you might have, if you have everything locked up in them, you're gonna miss the opportunity. Okay, so again, we'll talk a lot about this for one full day at the Investor Educational Retreat. Um, I want to let you know a couple of important things about it real quickly, and then we'll get back to uh, Apple earnings, Google earnings, and what that means for the Santa rally in just a moment. But if you go to nataliepace.com and you scroll down, you'll see that we're going to have our next retreat is the New Year, New You. Um, it's going to be January 20th through the 22nd, and it's online. Now, also, if you click over there, you're going to see that um, the current rates include a free coaching session if you register by Halloween. You must register by Halloween, and you get the lowest price and a free coaching session. So that's why I wanted to make sure that in this coaching call, um, in this video conference, you knew about that since the Halloween's coming up on Monday. So again, uh, the price is low. If you want to bring another person in the family, they come for a super low price. Volunteers, uh, you pay a small fee, but you also get the free coaching session if you'd like to register. And uh, of course, there are many other perks to being a volunteer as well. So now I want to shoot over to Apple earnings real quickly. Now, Apple earnings were good. The uh, earnings were up 8%. The, uh, sorry, the revenue was up 8%. The earnings, so the income, net income was up 4%. Really strong, but there was, and they're buying back. And their buybacks this quarter were exceptionally strong. They had uh, 25 billion in buybacks. And so they were buying back their own stock. So that pushes the stock up, that reduces the earnings per share, makes their price earnings ratio look better as well. But next quarter in their earnings call, and I'm gonna go back and take a look at the earnings transcript and see if people dug in on this a little bit more. I had to get off the call so that I could start this call. But the uh, Luca, who is their CFO said that they are expecting their revenue to decelerate from the September quarter. I'm going to dig into this. So you guys have to look at Twitter um, you know, probably early morning tomorrow or maybe later tonight, because I have to wait until I can get a copy of the, the transcript and look at all of the Q&A. But if it's going to decelerate from the September quarter, this is a big deal. And this is a big problem. And this is why. 
So again, I'm saying if I am positive that I heard him say that, that it's decelerating from the September quarter, but I want to see it in the transcript to make um, double positive. I'm going to listen back to make double positive because that's how significant it is. And this is why. So if the holiday quarter decelerates from the September quarter, what that means, uh, here's the September quarter from last year. That means that quarter was $83 billion in revenue. And normally, this is what the holiday was last year, 124. That would be a significant decline. And that would mean probably that Apple is going to stop their buybacks again in December. Now they said that they're gonna have, that Mac sales are gonna be down substantially, not only through uh, the, the, they're having headwinds, the strong dollar is giving them major, major headwinds on a foreign exchange. But also they said that they sold so many Macs in the prior holiday season that it's gonna be hard to compare to that. So that's uh, something, again, I'm gonna dig into more. The reason I say this is that the last time that they were going to have a disappointing fourth quarter, Apple stopped their buybacks in December. They still had them in October and November, but in December, they cut them off completely. And what resulted was the worst December that Wall Street had seen since the Great Depression since 1929. So this is something that we want to absolutely be aware of and have on our radar. And again, if you're going to my, um, you know, my blog and you look at that blog list there, you can see Apple in the R word. And that's where I talk about that their buybacks fuel Wall Street. When Apple is buying back their own stock, then Wall Street goes up. When they don't, Wall Street goes down. So there's a, a lot of information there for you to look at and to, to be aware of in that blog about that. Also, Google has reported um, earnings that were you know, not as good as Wall Street was expecting. And so they've been kind of beaten up. Their income was down 26%. And part of that was due to the strong dollar and foreign exchange but also that advertising is starting to soften. So again, advertising is like the, the canary in the coal mine on recessions. When companies start cutting back on their ad spend, that means they're concerned about the economy. And that affects companies that have a significant amount of their revenue um, tied to online advertising or, or something of that nature. Google has a lot of search tied to advertising. Also, they're having to, they had increased spending on data centers as well. All right, so I wanna see if there's anything else real quickly I wanted to talk to you about. Yes, we did have a couple of questions that came in and I'm gonna throw them up and give you some answers to these questions. I wanna remind all of the volunteers, I love answering your questions. We do it anonymously. You are welcome to send in your questions to info at nataliepace.com and we'll add them to our next video conference list and you'll get them answered there. So, you know, and it can be um, personal if you want. Again, it's gonna be anonymous, 
or it can be about you know a blog you read or a video conference or even something else please don't send over a link to an article and ask us to read it because as you know i get my data and information from data sources not from other uh, pundit opinions and especially if you haven't graded your guru before you send it over However, if you are reading or listening to somebody and they're saying something and you question it or you have a question about it, like they said the dollar is going to be worthless next year. What do you think? You know, you can send that question over, especially if you say, and here's why. And they, you know, send the snapshot of whatever proof that they're using or the name of the person so that we can dig into their background and grade the guru for you. All right. So let me. Um, Stop for just a moment. I'm going to grab these questions, throw them up, and we'll answer them. Okay, so I'm going to throw up the questions and we'll get right to them. So the first question, and I love these, you know, send me over hot tips, guys. I just read a quick article that Jeff Bezos, or I might be saying that wrong, is putting a lot of his money and maybe time into BLEO technology very low earth orbit technology. Do you know anything about this? Would love to see your thoughts in a future blog. So that's, um, this is something that's, you know, really all the rage and it's really just space technology, right? But we're seeing like with Elon Musk and SpaceX, part of his monetization model is that space link, which is Wi-Fi, that satellite, that's VLEO technology too. So um, SpaceX is not a publicly traded company, so you can't invest in it. But what I did is I just looked for VLEO. Now, obviously this is an older um, article, but you know this is where you can find companies that are saying they are investing in it. And these are the newer companies. And then below that are some of the older legacy companies that are invested in it. So you can do that also. You know, um, very famously, uh, ARC had an, a space exploration and innovation ETF. It was ARKX, but it is going down in value. Now, again, this is something where, um, you know, it's innovation and innovation in a recession can really go down in value. But at the bottom, it could be the thing that's going to shoot and become the best, right? Um, that happened, dot-com recession, dragged down, washed out, killed a lot of dot-com companies. And then in 2004, you know, two years after the bottom, Google launches, actually it's about a year and a half, Google launches an IPO and becomes one of the most successful companies in the world, right? And a big driver of the U.S. economy. So what I would say is this, is if you're interested in it, remember the three ingredient recipe of cooking up profits invest in that first ingredient start with what you know and love you start researching what's happening out there get to know why they're even interested in very low earth orbit technology is it for satellite um, wi-fi like space starlink is doing or are there other products that they're expecting to be developed out of this certainly drones are going to be a part of that so warfare um, that's something I personally am not interested in. So that start with what you know and love. Uh, it's going to wipe me out. But if you find something interesting that you want to share with our group, I'm going to share it on your behalf. So please let us know uh, what you come up with on that. 
Now, the other question that came in was, okay, we were, I was doing a coaching session and uh, this coaching session happened in October. And then I had sent over a note saying, remember the next rebalancing would be early January and early May. And then the question that came back, is it mean that you don't recommend rebalancing until January? So the answer to that is no, not necessarily. If you're rebalancing once a year, rebalance at the end of September or early October, rebalance at the end of the Santa rally or early January, rebalance at the end of the spring rally or, or early May. Now, if this person took their foot off the gas and they said, I'm not rebalancing until January, you might miss out on that treasury I bond on um, the 4.4% uh, treasury, you know, one year treasury. You might miss out on capturing gains um, because again, we just said that Apple uh, may stop buying back their own stock again please look at twitter.com forward slash Natalie Pace or go to nataliepace.com. I have my Twitter feed there over the next 24 to 48 hours because I am going to clarify it and I'm going to actually pull it out so that you can see I'm not just dreaming this up. Um, if they don't buy back their stock in December, then we could have a very ugly December with coal in the stocking. So that would mean that if you have any slices that are too big, you definitely wanna take profits on them now. So again, each time that you rebalance, if the slice is too big, it's sell high and trim it back to where it should be. If the slice is too small, it's buy low and start dollar cost averaging it back to where it should be, right? Because you're never gonna know the exact low. And honestly, when the recession is announced, it's gonna feel like the apocalypse. So you're going to have a hard time buying low. It kind of has to be a discipline. And on Wall Street, which is still a very much a male-dominated interest industry, the um, mantra is stick to your knitting, which I, I find absolutely hilarious. But it basically means if you have a system that works and this pie chart system does work, um, then stick to it. You know, buy low incrementally when the markets go down sell high, even when you think the party is still raging, still that, you know, buy low, sell high system, not more than three times a year, not less than one. And every time there may be an area of opportunity. So I would say the biggest area of opportunity right now is probably that inflation linked um, I treasury I savings bond and maybe a small amount in a very short term treasury bill on the safe side right? Um, a, not a lot of opportunities on the equity side, because we may be in a market that's ready to decline. And we have just overweighted 20% safe. Last year, the markets went up 27%. And we had taken our overweight safe off early in the year. Early this year, we put the overweight safe of 20% back on because it looked like we, we were headed into a recession. So, um, there's one more blog I want to alert you guys to. And it is, actually there are two. The first one is this, it's the 10 wealth strategies of the rich. This is what we go over at the retreat day one, all day long. That you need to be stick to your knitting. 
that you want to tithe, make sure you're doing that regularly into tax protected retirement accounts. We discuss, you know, retirement accounts that people aren't even thinking about, like stop making the health insurance company rich and keep that money for yourself. Um, and the big one, overweight or underweight safe based on market conditions. So again, this blog, um, more recent one, just reminding you of all the things you should do. We have overweighted an additional 20% safe. And that is based on market conditions. Now, one other thing, especially those of you um, that are already in the system, we have the rebalancing your nest egg IQ test. And this is something you should absolutely take because it's gonna help you to do this. What does rebalancing mean? When should you do it? All of these things. If, and if you cannot answer all of these things easily and effortlessly, then it is a good idea for you to come back and take yourself up higher on the path to wisdom. Come and join us at our January 20th through 22nd online investor educational retreat. Remember to register by Halloween so you get that best price. And um, I'll see you again probably the first or second week of November in our next video conference. Also, volunteers, if you guys have something you'd like us to address in a video conference, send it over. Thanks again. And I'm going to pause it here just in case anybody has a quick question on uh, today's video conference. I'm not recording it. But uh, if, of course, it's something I think you guys would all be interested in, then I will come back and record it. All right, so it was a really good question about an update on Tilray. So here's um, something I think that's really important to remember is that even though the biggest thing that's happening is that the U.S. is not yet, um, you know, put this on the agenda in Congress to to you know, legalize weed nationwide. Germany was going to do this. And then all of a sudden they were told that it's gonna, you know, they have all these EU regulations that they have to navigate around. So what I wanted to remind everybody is that the states are moving very rapidly towards legalization. This is a chart from October 12th and all the ones in black are fully legal, uh, dark green medical and decriminalized. Um, you know, Kelly Green is medical, decriminalized, light green, CBD um, only in the gray areas. And there are only four states that are fully illegal right now. Also with regard to Tilray, they are increasing, you know, things that are not necessarily cannabis spirits, uh, craft breweries, that sort of thing. So with Sweetwater Brewing Brewery, you know, they have the 420 craft beer, which has got no, you know, cannabis in it, but they, they brand it 420. And I think they use maybe some hemp hops and they're ready to go if that's the case. Plus they've also launched um, a spirits brand and they still have the co-CEO of uh, Whole Foods, the former co-CEO of Whole Foods that's on the board. And it's still being run by, um, by the same Erwin uh, Simon, who was the founder CEO of Hain Celestial. They also bought the debt of Hexo. Hexo is the number one brand in Canada. So um, this is, I think it's looking good. The problem with cannabis is that it's a meme stock. So whenever, and what we have seen is that whenever a country decriminalizes, 
it goes well above, it shoots the moon and then it crashes down. So that's just something to be aware of that it has to be on your stock app because you can't set the sell price high enough. If we hear that Germany is maneuvered around EU regulations and they are going to uh, legalize, it could start shooting the moon. If we hear that a miracle happens and the US is gonna decriminalize, it could shoot the moon. It could shoot the moon on Texas decriminalizing. I mean, I mean, legalizing. And, you know, well, let's see where Texas is right now. It's only CBD. But even under Republican governor, they've been talking about uh, legalizing weed, at least medical. So at least going uh, up, you know, to the light green status, but maybe even legal. Arizona's legal. Isn't that kind of crazy when you look at all this? Nevada, Arizona, Utah is even legal for medical. It's not fully legal or fully decriminalized, but even Utah, very conservative state is legal for medical. So um, that's what I would say is that this is a meme stock. It's not one that you could set a limit order on because they won't let you set a high enough. Put it on a stock app on your phone and have your radar up for any news on decriminalization. One last thing, the major headwind for legal cannabis is actually illegal cannabis. So it's the black market that's been killing these companies too, in addition to there not being any news happening. All right, I'm going to stop the recording there. All right, so I'm signing off. But as always, remember, you can watch this back at youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace. You can listen to it on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify Podcasts. All you have to do is go to nataliepace.com and you should be able to access everything that you need. So if you're interested in um, you know, the Apple podcast, just click right there. It'll be up within an hour. Click on video conference links. If you're interested in that, it'll be up within an hour. If you're interested in our retreat, scroll down and click on that. If you're interested in the books, be sure you're clicking here so you get the most recent edition. And uh, yeah, all my social media here. We'd love to see you on social media. Um, interact with us there. Let us know what you're thinking about, what you're hearing. Uh, hot tips are always welcome. And um, thanks again for being part of our community of enlightened investors using data-driven decision-making processes. Hard to do, but you'll get there. Thanks again.